Too crazy for Boys Town. Too much of a boy for Crazy Town. The child was an outcast. Don't put on the show. Freaking win the game. Don't put on the show. You win the game. Don't put on the show. You win the game. Don't put on the show. You freaking win the game. You don't put on the show. You win. I pride myself and think of myself as a, a man of faith. As there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, it will be a home run. You want to be a thug. You want to smoke weed and play cars all night, punk. And so that'll make it a 4 nothing ball game. I don't know if I'm going to be putting on this headset again. Welcome back to episode 957Q of Not Here to Argue. And I regret to inform you that I have some nerd numbers to get out of the way. I don't want to have to read them, but Rudman is, he's in the bathroom now, but he's been holding a gun on me for upwards of an hour to ensure that I read these nerd numbers. So I thought he was coming back. Um, We're about halfway through the NBA playoffs jam. And Underdog Fantasy has ran their nerd numbers. It appears that I, me, it appears I've been missing on well over 50% of my picks. That feels low. I feel like I'm like way to mail in the numbers. uh, (laughs) I'm easily missing on like 86% of my picks. Like, well over, I mean, come on, man. They're just rounding to 0.5. Yeah, Shaquille O'Neal is, is well over a foot tall. Like, that's the kind of math they they did there. But I'm technically missing out on 50. If I was only missing out on 50% of my picks, I'd be the best uh, game of skillsman ever. Ever. Um, at the odds. You I could, you, you could you run the Mavericks. Do. Yeah, I, we'll get to the Mavericks. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you, don't you fret. Uh, we'll get to the Mavericks. Um, but for I have to tell the people they're running out of time to fade me, man. Like I, I'm giving you the picks. They're wrong, but I'm giving you the picks. And now Underdog Fantasy is going to give you twenty five dollars when you sign up. And they're so confident that one, you're going to win money off my picks, and two, that you're going to like it. Then not only are they giving you twenty five when you sign up. But, Jim, if you don't like it, they have a money-back guarantee up to $100. What? A money-back guarantee. That's what I'm about to – like, I, can I just file this, like, fraud or something? Like, damn, I missed again. Uh, I don't like this app, Rudman. Uh, I guess it probably don't work for me. But they're giving you your money back if you're not satisfied, $100. So if you want to fade my picks – or while you're there, enter the multi-million dollar fantasy football tournament. If that's your, you know what I'm saying, sort of thing. Underdog has something for everyone. So head over to Underdog Fantasy or download the mobile app. Sign up with promo code TRILL, T-R-I-L-L, for a free $25. And if you do not like it, Rudman will give you $100 out of his pocket. He walks around. Have you seen the roll of money that guy walks around with? It's huge. It's enormous. It's 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 comfortably fifty thousand uh, dollars. 
and he just peels it off and he always licks his fingers and just says, daddy's money, daddy's money. <laughs> um, I, <laughs> I, I didn't get that part. Um, but yeah, promo code T-R-I-L-L-Trill. Go get your free $25. Um, you brought up the Mavericks. Uh, <laughs> now we talked, I think it must have been last. We talked about them last week. We tried you know, to they, fix them last week. Yeah, we tried to fix them up. They, you know, got up to a two-zip lead and then immediately got just, just extinguished by the Clippers. And now... It appears that uh, this report we're looking here from Tim Cato, which Mark Cuban has quote tweeted and said total bullshit is, which is probably, <laughs> you know how you know it's not total bullshit. <laughs> Mark Cuban went out of, nah, 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 cap. Um, but Tim Cato says Bob Vulgaris has been the most influential voice in the mass front office since being hired. Initiating transactions, dictating rotations, and even frustrating Luca. There are internal fears on how it could affect Luca's future. There's an article with Sam Amick uh, of the Athletic, and the why are you like are you or were you familiar with like with, with Haralabob Bob Bogaris? Yeah, he's he's the Bill Simmons uh, <laughs> podcast guest. Like that's how I was familiar with him. He was <laughs> the guy who came on and thought he was smarter than everyone. On early Bill Simmons podcasts. Okay, okay. Let me say, to be fair, if you went on a podcast with Bill Simmons, you would feel like you were smarter. Respectfully. Respectfully. True or false? I mean, compared to his other friends from college, I don't know. Like, do you and think his niece and his uncle? Yeah. Um, do you think Joe House has a superiority <laughs> complex over Bill Simmons? We're gonna ask my granddaughter uh, and her grandkids. Uh, but yeah, so that's how I first became familiar with him. Right. He was like a basketball guy, but also he was like a analytic slash gambler guy, which always made sense to me. Like if you're really good at analytics, you should also be really good at gambling. Like it's all just numbers, right? It all bo- I don't get nerd numbers. So I'm bad at uh, cards and other games of skill. Um, by over 50 percent. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but apparently. Haralabob Vulgaris was signed on. I'm not even sure what does it say what his exact role is, because it said he worked with a, a unnamed NBA franchise previously. Oh nine, it said he suggested that they picked like Josh Green and Tyrell Terry. Like apparently he was overruling people in the front office. It said he was dictating rotations. I think like I understand why they put the Luca part. That part felt overblown. To me, like the story with him and Luca is that apparently Luca, Mr. Shouter turned it over and Bob on the sideline gave him like the like the calm down sign. Uh, and Luca was like, don't fucking tell me to calm down. That's apparently they're not friends, but I don't know. <laughs> I think that's a good I don't think I want. I don't want my front office in my I'm like, I don't want them to be too. You know what I'm saying? They don't have to be beef. Oh, y'all ain't got to be best friends, though. I'm fine with that. And then Luca got pissed off because Haralabob left with like a minute left, and they were down ten. He thought he was giving up on the team. <laughs> yeah, LeBron does that every two weeks. <laughs> well, I mean, listen, y'all lost. What you mean? <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. There was where he he left at a game. They were like down ten. Apparently, they cut it to like five or six. Very impressive. Um, 
and then went on to lose the game. And Luca saw it and was like, "That guy's fucking giving up on this man." Uh, as I, you know, they he just don't like his ass. So he was hired with the role called director of quantitative research and development. Sure. And apparently, he's just cool with Mark Cuban. I, the wildest part of this article to me is that he's dictating rotations. Well, we don't know if he did. He he gave suggestions. Like, here, Rick, I'll, I'll sketch this out. Play Luca Doncic. Uh, the mother Bob is dictating Gr- rotations to Rick Carlisle. Sources say uh, the best part was like he. They brought in DeLon Wright, and he needed to start, and he started one game, and then he was immediately benched the rest of the season. <laughs> I love how petty sports are. Uh, that's really all. All this, all this shit is ego, man. Him leaving the game early, the calm down, all this shit is ego. I love it. And it's just wild to me that this guy's basically like the GM of a team. It sounds like... Do you have the can you find the part of it where he was like in the draft room and people in the front office didn't know he was going to be in the draft room? Everyone else is in on Zoom and he's yeah. the person just he's like, up there oh. saying, Hey, it's me and uh, uh Anthony Edwards. The zoom the internet's <laughs> out, it's just me making the decisions. Yeah, yeah, no, it's just we're gonna we're gonna draft Anthony Edwards. He's not available at our pick. Okay, okay. Now what do we do? Uh Vulgaris attending in person didn't consult them for either of the team's first two selections, Josh Green, Tyrell Terry, despite disagreements they had with at least one of the players he picked. <laughs> that's effect. That's a GM, no? Is that is that not the function of a GM? Like making selections? <laughs> yeah. Like you have your scout team, they compile the information, they make recommendations. He somebody pulls the trigger. Bob was like, I'll pull the I'll pull that trigger. I'll do that. Um Josh, I, which I I didn't hate either one of those picks. It's one year in, and neither one of the I think I think Josh Green was like the 17th or 18th. Like neither one of those guys were like lottery picks. So I think it's way too soon. Now, definitely some guys went after that, like you know, Desmond Bain and Tillman, and you know, a couple of guys that definitely could have made some impact. But Peyton Pritchard, I mean, come on. Hey, sure. Um <laughs> But it, like, if a guy whips on like the 18th and the 38th pick in the draft, you know what I'm saying? I don't think it's any. We call that a Danny Ainge. Yeah, the the old DA. Um, and now he's like he's dictating rotate. Like now, don't don't play him as much. We don't like no no no. Um, what? Like, what? listen, I'll say that not even he. I feel like he follows a lot of. Like we follow each other. I don't think we've ever interacted, but we follow each other. But it's I'm that I could just DM him right now, like uh, <laughs> I, uh Trey Luca. He's like, yeah, okay, I'll do it, Trey. Um, I'm just playing. Um, I'm that close. I'm that close to power, Jam. Like I shouldn't be. You understand? Like I, I. I shouldn't be this close to power. I disagree. I think that. Okay, talk to me. (laughs) I mean, you know all these NBA legends. I think that you uh, clearly demonstrated an interest in improving the Mavericks last podcast. I think you – why not? If he's going to listen to um, Bill Simmons, why not listen to Trill? That's all I'm saying. Because my thing is, listen, like if with just the way things are going and hearing – are you familiar? Like, I think we talked about the Texan situation where basically the religious guy just came in there and just took over. 
if it's that easy to just overtake a franchise, I can do that. I can oh, do yeah. like if we look up in five years and Bill Simmons is on in somebody's front office, would you be surprised? Well, like, would you be completely surprised? No, and I'm just hoping it's not the Celtics. It's definitely going to be the Celtics. <laughs> if he's going to be in anywhere. So where's your target <laughs> franchise? Who are, we, who are we trying to take over? Is it, is it the Hawks? Oh, me? Oh, yeah, give me the Hawks, man. I'd have, I, oh, we'll get to the Hawks. But <laughs> boy, oh, boy. Like, how, I just don't understand. How many, how many chances are the, Maver- the Mavericks going to get? Right? Every single time they go to get a free agent. They strike out. They haven't again. We haven't won a series since they won the championship with Dirk, and have had like Dirk and Luca played a season together. So you've had like all star ish caliber player, like uh, something to build with slash around. Even in Dirk's later years, you know what I'm saying he was still a a helpful player. Um, that's like how many times they had. I don't know whatever became like the. With some sort of like sexual harassment charges within their organization, I don't know what became of that. Um, and so how, like, I just how many chances are they gonna get? Not to say like they should be like fold or whatever, but it's like, it's certain, I don't know. Does Lucas stay? I don't, uh, well, he's gonna sign their 200 million dollar contract, but then immediately demand a trade, but it's clearly not a good situation because the source for that article or all of the sources were just. People who work for the Mavericks who are fed up. Right. And like, that's my hope. Like, it's like they wouldn't treat them or sound, they wouldn't treat some part of the uh, women in that organization right. I do think it's kind of like, dude, the Clippers in the, in the past five years, we've seen the Clippers and the Celtics and the Hornets turned into like free agent destinations. For like all star ish caliber players, and who's the, the Mavericks guy? Who, DeAndre Jordan. Like after three times, like you know what I'm saying. So I don't know. Like Dallas is a big enough city. I don't like. I don't. I don't know if it is something that organization, right? Because I feel like when Cuban came in, I know they were the first to do a lot of things, but I know when, you, in some cases, when when you're the innovator originally, you don't think you need to innovate. Like you know what I'm saying. So they're like, no, nah, we're still very cool. Like we got heated seats for our players now. Like every arena, like the G League has heated seats. Like you know what well, I'm saying? Like you're not. Maybe they are innovating because they brought in uh, Haralabob to be their GM. <laughs> like that—that's <laughs> called innovation. That's disruption. <laughs> it was like, okay, listen, LeBron hated every GM he ever had. If we can just bring somebody in for Luca to hate titles. Like question mark, question mark, question mark. Um, but that dictating rotations is that that's the one I can't get off of because Rick Carlisle is this. Everybody said, "Oh, what a great coach, a championship coach." I feel like other coach, I think he's like the president of the coaches' associate. Like the other coaches like him, and it's like, bro, you you got a ghostwriter? Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> we laughed at Drake for this. We found out Rick Carlisle. Uh, Pass it to Doncic, he said. Uh, seven, 77. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. That just feels like not a good look. And somebody, I need, I don't know, Bobby Marks or somebody to figure out the 
just what the money would look like if Luca turns it down but goes to unrestricted free agency. Because it's not going to be too. He's about to get the biggest rookie deal ever because he's made All NBA twice. But does Tatum get that bump? Or no, this is Tatum's fifth. I think or this is Tatum's fifth year, right? Uh, this is his fourth year. He's he's going to get the bump, but not the same bump as Luca. Like he's I, first team. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's that sounds about right. So he's. He's definitely gonna get this five for two hundred, but I would I just want to know what like what's the max? Is his max go up that another team can offer because he's qualified for this stuff? Yeah, but I think it's only four years. Um yeah, I know it's definitely four, but I don't know if, if so if it's if it's five for two hundred, I don't know if another team got like four for uh one sixty, I don't or one fifty, one sixty or whatever. Um his qualifying offer will be big, not that much, but I don't know, it just feels like he's just like I keep hearing all this, like the ratings are going down. Nobody cares. LeBron's either not in the playoffs or he's on the West Coast. All this. Luca's right there. Like this feels like the guy. It's like, listen, we cannot, we can't have you waste away. Right. Like Dallas is a big enough city for this to work. Like. Like Zion's in New Orleans, I think literally the smallest market in the NBA. It's either thirty second or it's either thirtieth or 29th. It's like we cannot. So I, I don't know, because he'll sign it, but it can go. Like he could sign it, and it could go the Devin Booker way. Like maybe next year they just start competing. They get one two pieces. They're just ready to start competing, and he's good. Could go the like the. Uh, I'll say Carl Anthony Towns. That hasn't happened yet, but uh, Anthony Davis way. <laughs> yeah, the Anthony Davis way. It was like, listen, I gave it the old college try, but this just ain't this ain't working. So I don't know, but I'm definitely gonna shoot Bob some suggestions. <laughs> just just see how much pull. You know what I'm saying? Let uh, let Boban play point guard. <laughs> we see Boban out there running pick and roll. I'm like, oh my god. Just tell him you ran the numbers. Start before any message. Say, I ran the numbers. <laughs> listen, and just hold up like a mad sheets of note of paper. Man, listen, you should see this. Uh, just hold up a pie chart or something. Now, what's the pie chart comparing? It's not important. He needs to run the pick and roll. Um, but the all defense teams came out. Can we, uh, do you have those pulled up? Or can we, can we show those? Let's see. This is straight from uh, Shams Sharanya. Tough name to be named Shams and you're in business of telling the truth. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, first team all defense, Rudy Gobert, Ben Simmons, Draymond Green, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Drew Holiday. Second team, Bam Adebayo, Jimmy Butler, Joel Embiid, Matisse Thybul, Kawhi Leonard. Do you have any beasts with those? I have slight beef with no, Matisse Teibel. Man only plays 20 minutes a game. He's a phenomenal defender. And so now we're looking at the, the people also receiving votes. And so do you put Mikael Bridges over him? I don't know. Uh, I just think it's weird that the it's basically the entire first and second team is the Miami Heat, 
the Bucks, the 76ers, Rudy Gobert, and Draymond Green. I mean, it's only 10 spots. <laughs> you just listen to like nine things. It's it's 10 spots, and there's three teams represented. I mean, war like let me see. Go back to the uh, first team for grant the full first team. Like, okay, Gobert won defensive player of the year. He was going to make it. Draymond Green, they had a top five defense, and I don't think they had any other even average defenders. Like Wiggins, I guess. Um, Drew and Giannis. I I don't have – first team feels a little Heidi. I don't know if Heidi's a word. Um, but it feels that way. <laughs> yeah, but it feels like Simmons, Simmons is going to be there. Second team, Bam and Bottom, I think they had like the seventh or eighth defense, and the rest of their team – like. Individual defenders were just not good. So I don't problem with that. Embiid, who again, if he was probably healthy, probably maybe he's first team. Maybe he's defensive player of the year. Kawhi. Kawhi's interesting. He I think like he still shows he has the fastball. He can still hit one on one. I don't think he throws it every single night. So like if you told me you had Mikael Bridges in there instead of Kawhi Leonard over like for consistency, I couldn't argue. But at their peak, it's like Kawhi Leonard, I think, is a better defender. Um, and Thibault's interesting. I don't, I don't hate it because he is. He's just such an impactful, like deflection, steal, like man defender. He's like zone is what he all he played in college. Like whatever you need him to do. And if it's like okay, if for those twenty minutes he is absolute hell, and they show a couple years ago, I think Dejounte Murray made it simple. Like he made like he played like twenty four minutes a game, and I think he made second team. So I don't hate that they're willing to be like, hey, he was just he was one of the best. We were just we were trying to represent the 10 best defenders. And if you talk about the 10 best defenders, this like the 10 guys is like, man, he could probably get a stop. I think Tybulls, I feel like he's in there. So I don't I don't have a problem with him being there. He is. I just uh dislike the 76ers and was sure looking for a reason to hate. Sure. But he's he's a damn good defender. I've seen him recovery blocks on Kemba, just like doing some crazy it, shit. He's very good. I feel like he's one of the better people I've ever seen at like coming in a play like from the back. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like stealing the ball. You think he's just completely out of the play. And here he comes. Like a lot of he people got, they steal the ball. He got Trey a couple times. Uh yeah. And I he's like this. If he just doesn't shoot a billion corner threes a day, because if he ever does that, it's, it's like, well, if he hits threes, he's not playing 20 minutes anymore. He's playing 38 minutes. So that's really his his whole job. But yeah, I didn't I thought the I thought they were surprisingly fair. I was ready to yell about him. Um I thought I like I wanted some Lou Dort love in there. Smart I thought smart, I thought he missed a lot of time. That's why I wasn't really surprised he didn't make it. Uh Bridges. Bridges definitely got a debate. But like Chris Paul, Paul George. I don't hate like the Caruso KCP, like just because the Lakers were number one, and everybody else. Eh. Donovan Mitchell and Russell Westbrook getting votes is just is simply incorrect. Um, yeah, I was looking at the first team votes and saying which one is the most ridiculous and most ridiculous. I would say I think Schroeder. Yeah, it has, it just because he was on the Lakers. That's, that's pretty much it. Which is like okay, I get, but you. No, nah, not first team. That's preposterous. I don't think there's a single argument for him 
at first team. I think everybody else you could make a case. I don't think Schroeder has a single case for first team. Is Mike Conley a first team home NBA defensive? I think he's probably similar. <laughs> I think he's probably similar. Which new uh, Utah Jazz beat writer voted that? <laughs> right. That's like I think he's a better def- I would Conley probably should have got the second team vote and Mitchell shouldn't be here at all. You know that you know there was a ballot from a Utah from the Salt Lake City Press that had Mike Conley first team, Donovan Mitchell second team, Rudy Gobert first team. Joe Ingles first team. (laughs) Um, hmm. Let's talk about the Jazz first. I don't have any feel for that series anymore. I I do. I do love wildly overreacting because it's like two games in. It's like, listen, they are done. I don't think Kawhi plays anymore. Uh, the Bucks. Do you think they contract the Bucks? Do you think they just do an expansion draft because they're done? They're down two zip, and now everything's different everywhere. Oh, you mean our entire podcast last week was just shitting all over the Bucks? <laughs> Me titling the podcast, the Bucks better show up and play basketball. <laughs> well, hey, listen. So credit to us for lighting that flame. Um, I'll say this. I remember distinctly asking last week, like, what's the what adjustment can he make? I and this is on me. I did not factor in the tell Giannis to slide under Kyrie's foot play. I just it never crossed my mind. And that's what separates the good from the greats. Uh, no, I don't. I don't. I really don't think that play was intentional. I think it was just that. Like uh, we see that a lot. Hate it sucks that it was Kyrie. It sucks that it was this timing. Um, if they, I know he's out for this game, but I, I can't imagine he comes back this series. Like that, it didn't look good. That was a bad turn of his. No, ankle. he has to be at this series. I mean, it same thing happened to Hayward last or playoffs in the bubble, mm. and he came back. Having the first game of the playoffs, and then he came back and was in the heat in the Eastern Conference Finals. So he missed like at least three weeks or uh, that's, just, just like, to come back and not be good. Like, yeah, that's I feel like uh, earlier this year, I feel like that was kind of what set Jaws' whole season off. Like, Jaws sprained his, had a bad turn of his ankle, and I feel like he came back too soon. Like, gritted through it, still made the playoffs, duh, but it just seemed like he never, he wasn't quite the same. Um, no, the, Kyrie's ankle touched the floor. Yeah, just I don't see how you can come back and play effective basketball with that. I uh, well, I'll say this: James Harden's hamstring has fallen off the bone, and apparently he's coming back to play effective basketball. They sewed it back up from today. He started the day out, (laughs) dude. It was like, oh no, he's definitely out. Hey, listen, he's definitely doubtful. I think he's questionable that he played. No, he's playing forty-seven minutes. I was like, shit, that that was fast. Um, I, I don't. I've just got AD fresh in my mind where it's like, no, listen, he's definitely healthy to play. And two minutes in, he's out there like, oh, my God, I cannot move. Um, like Harden's is like hamstring. That, the one he's been at missed time for this season, like the nagging right. injury. Hamstring feels like maybe more than any other. Like, oh, boy, like if you're good, you're good. But if you're not, you're basically worse than square. You're back to square one, right? Like. So I know that's what Conley's out from, and I don't know when Conley comes back. I don't think I don't think the Jazz can win the championship without. I don't think they can win four rounds without Mike Conley. I really don't. Um, I said, and I was like, I mean, he was an All Star, not just like a hot take, but 
I've just seen like they are a team built to withstand like stuff on the perimeter. Like if one of their guys go out, they got Clarkson coming off the bench. Ingles, I guess, is a wing, but he can shoot and run the offense. He's basically like, you know what I'm saying? They've got some options. Uh, Oh, yeah, Donovan Mitchell. They've got him, you know what I'm saying? Or Conley, whichever one. But I think the the thing that Conley brings that nobody else on that roster does is he – the way he can best help your team is to set somebody else up. I don't don't know if they have – like the way Donovan Mitchell can best help is to get a bucket, be a bucket getter. Same for Clarkson. Ingles is a shooter. Like the best way he can help you is to take a wide open or like take a, a three. Gobert defense. I think Conley's is I'm gonna get us back into our offense. Cause I think the last two games it doesn't feel like feel like it's been a whole lot of dribbling. Like a whole lot more. Like this is not the jazz that we saw. This was Don, yeah, like give me give me the uh you got the stats for game, well, at four. Yeah, I was just sure. like, and not even to pick on, I just feel like Donovan Mitchell took a lot of shots. Oh, you're absolutely there. It's just looking at that. Let's see. He So this is on, This is game yesterday, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So Donovan Mitchell scored 37 points, which I saw. He's had six straight 30-point games in the playoffs, which is impressive. Uh, but nine for 26 shooting. Let me see. Zoom in a little bit more if you can, please. There we go. That's, I'm trying to, yeah. Nobody else on his team took more than 12 shots, and he took 26. He took 15 threes. He took 15 threes, hit six of them to his credit, 40%. Um, that doesn't feel like that should, like, if you hit six and miss nine, doesn't feel like that should be four. Like, that's elite. Um, he also took 15 free throws, which I think is kind of underselling the, like, how many free throws did they shoot as a team? No way it was 15. Like, 26. Yeah. So he go down. Does it have his usage? I would love to see his usage. Like he just felt like he had the ball for a lot this game. Uh, 45%. 45%. <laughs> right. Like that's that that's just not jazz. Like that's not the jazz that played one seed basketball. No, their entire offense was ball movement. Anyone yeah. can take threes like just moving the ball, moving the ball, moving the ball. You can't change up completely when it comes to the postseason. No, and it what his defensive rate like he wasn't defending that well. And I like I think that happens when you feel like you have to use the ball. You know what I'm saying? Use that many possessions. I'm not even putting it on him, but I think that's where Conley being there is like like no like Rudy needs a touch or Bogdanovich needs a touch or you know what I'm saying? And that's just not. That's not Conley's game. I feel like that's the last thing you add as an elite player. So it's not a not like that ability to set other people up at an elite level. Um, but Mitchell, yeah, nine for 26. How many turnovers did he have? Yeah, five turnovers, five fouls, and nobody else in the starting line. Like Bogdanovich. Bogdanovich had 18 points on 12 shots. Why is he only getting 12 shots? I feel about Bogdanovich the same way I do about Tobias Harris. It's like, why is this guy is hitting eight of every 13 shots he takes? Why is he only getting 13 shots? Um, Gobert had 11 points, eight boards, sick. Four for four. Knocked him down. Knocked him all down. (laughs) Just a boss game. Um, Like, Ingles was fine. But, yeah, look, 11 points from their bench. That's not jazz bad. Like, 
And that's what you put Ingles into your bench. That takes your seventh man. Clarkson goes three for 12. That's your bench. Your bench is sapped right there. So I think they need. Can you see? Uh, give me game these same stats for game three. Because now I want to see his. I don't, I don't feel like he used it 46% of the time, but maybe he did. What do I know? Let's see. Forty percent, still high. Stats, that's very high. Uh, go, go to his convention and also his defensive. Uh, he just they haven't defended well when he's been on the court. Um, Eleven for twenty-four, five for nine from three, three for five free throws. And again, it's like thirty points. But going in, if you're the Clippers, and I tell you, Donovan Mitchell gets thirty points, but he takes twenty-four shots, you take that. So also they take it. 15 assists in game three and 19 assists in game four. Like that is their whole yeah. offense is predicated on ball movement. And normally they're like much higher than 20 assists per, uh, per game. You just That's can't what I'm do that. Like if Mitchell's going to have the ball that much, he can't be the team leader with four assists. Like that ball has got to be zipping. And that's the thing. Like Conley is not a, he's not an 11 or 12 assist a game guy, but he's, I feel like he's the constant reminder to keep it. Cause if it goes to him, he's probably going to move it. Um, and I think that's what they're – and I don't know when he comes back. I thought they could – if I had a pick right I, – I, it's tough, man. I feel like they still win this series. The Jazz still win this series. But these last two games, man, Kawhi's woken up. He's dunking Derek Favors through the earth's crust. Um, I don't know. But also – didn't Kawhi like tweak his knee or something toward the end? Like he he was limping or he didn't look a hundred percent. And I can never tell. Like Kawhi is like is that is that just Kawhi or is he hurt? Um, but I don't know. Who do you? What do you? So it's best of three now. Utah has home court. Who do you think wins? I can't bet. I like. I think it's going to be the Clippers, just because I think Kawhi is better than is obviously mm-hmm. the best player on the court. And Paul George has shown up the past two games. But why does it take falling down to O two for the Clippers <laughs> to kind of show up and then like kind of make yeah. adjustments? But I'll say that you, it's not ideal. But I feel like it's the complete opposite of last year's Clippers. Like last year's Clippers were the front runners. This year's Clippers get down early and then storm back. Um. I'm, I think the Jazz on. I think the Jazz win this. I think it goes seven though. Oh, it has I to. I I couldn't see the Clippers losing Game Five or if, and then also losing Game Six back at home. Like they're just not gonna. Like it, it's it has to go seven. That's yeah. just the way the Clippers operate. It's the most Clippersy thing. Like I wouldn't even be surprised if we get one of those like Game Five Jazz win by twenty, Game Six Clippers win by twenty, then Game Seven. Um, and I would take Jet like they got home court. But I, I like that the Clippers won in Game Three with a Reggie Jackson game, and then he completely didn't show up in Game Four, and they still won. That's the kind of versatility I like from the Clippers. Yeah, because again, you're gonna need some of them Reggie Jackson game. But here's the thing: Reggie Jackson game, Game Three yesterday. Marcus Moore. I don't think Marcus Moore has missed a shot. Marcus Moore took nine, nine threes. I think and hit ten. Like the man could not miss, and he's shooting twenty seven percent from three for the series. So yeah, that's he is. after uh, the <laughs> good grief, he just zero for eighty six before. Uh, 
But it's like, hey, that's what you need. So game five is going to be major because, again, I think that's like that. That's the final step for Donovan Mitchell. That's where this is what we're going to say. Like, can you consistently create like for yourself and for others and for others? Because they'll take you getting 30 on 24 shots. They'll take you going nine for 26. That that ain't that's a win. Are you going to be able to get to? I feel like Charles Barkley, like 20, 22 points, 12 assists, uh, 14 rebounds, earning. Uh, but I do think he's going to have to, he or somebody is going to have to be in charge of keeping the ball moving. I don't know if it's going to be like you tell Ingles to do, like just have the ball in your hands a little bit more to facilitate. Because, again, the other thing about Donovan Mitchell, like, he's such a great shooter. He's really great off the ball. I feel like how many times we've seen him just, like, curl or pop or just move free for, like, a wide-open three. And when he's got the ball all the time, it takes that part of your offense. So, uh, uh, it's something, something's got to shake. Um, I think the – I'll, I'll pick Jazz in seven. But it's one half me hoping they lose. I mean, I'm de- – Two halves me hoping they lose. Conley was questionable for game four, so it's like, does he come back for the, like, he's got to sign up for that James Harden program? Yeah, I was going to say, listen, James Harden is coming back. Conley's not. And B, playing on a torn meniscus, DeAndre Hunter, gone for the year. I don't know what the hell is going on. Um, mm. I just also know I can't trust any Clippers lead. So the Clippers got up 30. Or like close to 30 yesterday. And I was like, nah, this happened so many times. Clippers get up 30 on a game. I go to bed and I wake up. It's like, how did the how the hell did the Clippers lose the Kings by seven? <laughs> how, you look at them, it's like Kings had a 46-point fourth quarter. Jesus. Clippers scored nine points in the fourth quarter. Wow. Um, but no, they, they, they held it out. Donovan Mitchell tried to lead a couple runs, but they were just consistently down like 20. Um, I think he's being tasked with too much. That's the part. It's like, I don't think he's at that level yet. And the construction of their team, he doesn't have to be because Mike Conley. But they don't have Conley. It gets ugly. It gets ugly. And, boy, speaking of ugly, I don't know which one I want to. Which, which Eastern series? Pick a series. Let's go Hawks Sixers because speaking of ugly <laughs> – have you seen the box score for the Sixers' second half? <laughs> uh, refresh my memory. Uh, <laughs> uh, bl- uh, I believe Joel Embiid scored uh, z- four points on 0 of 12. 0 of 12. 38 points total, shooting 32%. That's tough. Tobias Harris took five shots. That's tough. Okay, this is... Okay, first, leave that up. But first, Philly fans are so sensitive. I know you know this, but Philly fans are so sensitive. I love them, but they are so sensitive. Like, I was talking, like, last night just about, I was like, hey, let's, like, if you told anybody going in the Hawks, take two off this Sixers team, hey, salute. Like, that's a good year. And it was people in my mentors, like, I mean, the Sixers won their two games by 20. The Hawks won theirs 
close. And I'm like, listen, margin of victory doesn't <laughs> like you. Just, <laughs> it's not aggregate European soccer. Like, yeah, <laughs> like honestly, you should feel worse about that. Like, I think for the series, I think I saw the Sixers are uh, plus six, like per hundred possessions. It's like, why is this series tied? Like, plus six is not a small number. Uh, they're comfortably better. They should win this, and I still think they're they're going to win this. I think they probably win probably six if they're if they're really a championship contender. I feel like you have to you you come back game five at home. You got to run it up in game six, but it's another thing. Like if I told you going in, it's like okay, four games into this series, MB with a torn meniscus has played thirty six minutes a game. He's averaged 31, 13 points, five assists, and two blocks. What would you guess? You guess like a six or sweep, right? Like Probably, but we are a- talking about Joel Embiid in the second round. He has a tendency to be a, a little Uh-oh. fatigued. Uh-oh. I don't know if it's meniscus, but... Ooh, you shaking the table. Um, I looked up his stats uh, the last time he was in the second round. Talk uh, to me. Was that the oh, that was the Raptor series? That's right? Raptor series. Joel Embiid averaged 18 points a game, shot 37% from the field. Uh oh. Then against my Celtics the year before, Joel Embiid. What did he do? Oh no, I'm looking at the wrong one. But uh I think it was something like 40% from the field. Uh oh. There's 44 on only 23 points a game. I'm just saying he doesn't really show up in the second round. This has been his best second round Who, ever. Who's on that? Because it was Gasol for the Raptors, but who were the big men? Who was the, was it Horford? Oh, for the against the Raptors? No, no, for that Celtics team. Who was defending Embiid there? Was it Horford? Oh, that was a ba- Baines and Horford. Gave him the business. I think I was at that series. I, I was too. I, you you were having a live mixtape. I ran up on uh, you wearing the mixtape uh, Fruity Pebbles jersey. <laughs> Good times. Good times. Good times. I took an edible right before it, and I didn't realize you guys were going live television. Oh, yeah. And I was shook. <laughs> <laughs> we come back to one of those footage. If you pause it right here, Jams is deer in the headline. <laughs> Here's where Jam was not ready for this moment. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. Ooh, now nah, you need to, if you're trying to get a little viral, you need to compile those second round numbers. Well, no, nah, I'll take it. Because this this series will bump him up. He's he's killing. Yeah, it's but, a very small sample size. It was five games against the Celtics and seven games against the Raptors. But he's never played in Eastern Conference Finals. This is true. This is true. And like all, on top of that, Tobias is at twenty one a game on fifty nine percent shooting. Seth Curry is at eighteen a game. He's shooting fifty eight percent from three. Sixers are plus six per hundred possessions. Trey and Bogdanovich combined are shooting 41% apiece. And this series is tied. That's the wild part. And that's where the six are. Oh, they're so sensitive. They were, oh, uh, you know, you should be, you know, we're still going to win. Yeah, no shit. Listen, you're the number one seed. You you should win this. Right. And the point of it's like, well, if Embiid's healthy, it's not going to matter. I don't I don't know if there's such a thing as healthy for him for the rest of it. He he just doesn't he looks either exhausted or injured or pissed off. Like I some combination, which I mean it probably is some combination. He looked the same way injured as he did in the past series where he's been tired or fatigued or exhausted at the end of games. Like Yeah. I just don't know if it's sustainable for a whole like I like they had a whole program the other 
couple seasons ago where they didn't play back-to-backs, and he still mm-hmm. didn't work out for him. I don't know what the solution is. Like, he's dominant. He would have been the MVP if he played all 82 games or 72 games. It's just I have yet to see it sustained for an entire playoff run just because they haven't done it. And that's like – I feel like all the Hawks fans on my timeline, everybody's just like, listen, the Hawks are playing with house money at this point, right? It's all good from now. It turns into a best of three. They've got home court. They've got the best player. I think they're going to win. They should win. Cool. Like this is a, for a young team, first time in the playoffs that it was, is without two of their top, I'd say six guys in minutes. Like Reddish been out all year, but Hunter hurts. That one hurts because he really would have helped this series um, for Tobias Harris. But the thing where Embiid looks different, he just he doesn't have lift. And Trey, it feels like Trey has realized that. And it's a thing where you can't just like do alley oop, alley oop, alley oop. Like Embiid's too, he's too big and he's too good position wise. Like he'll drop back and contest it. But I feel like Trey knows late in the game, late in shot clocks, he's going to walk into an easy floater because Embiid will step up, but he's not going to step up. He's not going to risk drawing the foul because Trey already gets to the line. He'll step up and contest. But it's a it's an easy floater for Trey because he's not going to jump that. Or I think late in the game is when we see the alley oops. I feel like we saw uh, Capella caught one. I think Collins caught two because they know okay, he side to side is still fine. He's not playing north south anymore, uh, up down. Yeah. Um, so th- I think that that's the difference. And he hits the ground a lot. He has to do a lot on both ends and 0 for 12 in the sec. That's that's not good. And it that's was another, a... <laughs> it's like, oh, well, it took him B going 0 for 12. It's like, listen, you don't understand. This is bad for you, not the whole, like you, <laughs> you don't understand, man. Like, he needs to be your entire offense in the clutch. And so if he's like, he wasn't even getting like that good positioning or creating a lot of shots, like he's settling for a lot of kind of his mid range followaways, mm-hmm. like. He needs to be dominant in the post down the clutch. And I don't think it's a surprise their most successful season came when they had Jimmy Butler, where they had another guy yep. you can go to in those moments. Like it, Ben Simmons, he had a mate. I looked at Ben Simmons stat line at halftime and it was like eight, 12 and seven. It was like, well, oh, Ben Simmons doing crazy things. Then he, what do you have in the second half? He finished one, with one, like, one, one. In- yeah. He finished with like 11, 12. And 11, Cause I, yesterday, I took Ben uh, Simmons seven and a half over assists, and I think he he hit it with the first play, like the third quarter, and I was like cha ching, and I think he finished with like nine. Like it, he didn't do much after that. Um, His second half, he had three points, two assists, and one rebound. Dominant, um, but finished with that triple double. Hell yeah, he did. Uh, yeah, now Jimmy Butler would be, I mean, absolutely. Per- That's the one where I wonder. It's like man, like for whatever. I know Jimmy had his issues with either Brett Brown or the organization. What if that's the one where it's like, man, y'all really couldn't, you and B really couldn't figure this out, man. Cause if it was a Brett, if they were both like, Hey, listen, Jimmy's in and Brett Brown's out. Brett Brown got fired anyway. Like, you know what I'm saying? If it's like everything needs to be built around you two. Okay. Because I think that's a championship duo. Um, and we'll see because again, that's best of three. But their thing is, Embiid's whole thing, their 
about an even team without him, but they're dominant on both ends when he plays. Yesterday in the second half, they were outscored by 16 points with him on the court. That's troublesome. That's tr- the whole the whole basis of his MVP argument of his dominance is he's so much better on both ends of the court at all times that he takes an average team to a, a s- superb team. And if they're playing with you, not only are you not going average, but they're winning the minutes with you, that 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 can't happen. And it was a it's why I, I, I like Sixers fans. I feel like I know and follow quite a few of them. And it's like they. I don't even think they would disagree that they're sensitive. They were like, they, they know it. Um, because the honest ones were like, yeah, like the heat's not on, but it's like, we, we got on like a light sweater in August. Like the heat's almost <laughs> about to be on. They're willing to admit that. And it's like, that's all I'm saying. If you're trying, you have aspirations of winning 16 games, four rounds, you have 10 more to go. You have 10 more to go. And, you would think they get harder as you climb, right? And it should get harder. I think that's why they're so sensitive is because the heat is on and they're sweating a little bit, but they're refusing to take off their giant eagle sweater. Because I, I, <laughs> I think that if they were like, you know. It's hey not man, hot out. You live yeah, in a swamp. No, I'm not hot at all. You're hot. You're hot. Hawks fan. You're the hot one. Hottie. Uh, it's like, hey, man, I'm just. I don't short sleeves. Like I don't. I'm not, I'm not affected by this at all. You do uh, realize the Bucks or Nets are coming uh, next round. That's. It's like you understand. Solomon Hill started multiple games. This it's going to get a lot harder than that. Um, it was like, well, he didn't play yesterday. Yeah, and the Hawks won. What do you think about like what, what's that, what's I going to tell you about his value? Uh, I'm trying to think what else I saw. I saw that I was mad that I saw a 20 point loss in person. I was like, yeah, but I just sat here and watched y'all lose. Like, I, I had better angle. Like, you know what I'm saying? You can deflect however you want. The series is tied. And nobody knows what's going to happen in the top. Nobody knows. Trey shot eight for 26 yesterday. They still won. Because he had 18 assists and two turnovers. He had finished with 18 assists? He had 18 assists. And, two, and, and as a team, the Hawks had four turnovers. That's how you... When you're not shooting, the Hawks shot 37% from the field and 30% from three yesterday in one because they turned the ball over four times. Four that, times. That's that's wild. It was a pretty that, ugly fourth quarter. I mean, it was brutal. And again, that's where it's like, hey, man, like, you sure you don't want to undo a button on that sweater? Because it ain't like, oh, <laughs> listen, Trey hit 10 threes yesterday. What could, he was hitting from 30 feet. What could we do? No, he didn't shoot well. Now, I thought, I mean, 18 assisted two turnovers, he facilitated beautifully. And I think that's what's I'm not saying he's a better player than Donovan Mitchell, but that's the difference. Like, Trey can get into facilitation mode. If Donovan Mitchell's eight for 26, he just giving you eight for 26. You know what I'm saying? Four assists, three rebounds. Trey can go 18 assists, two turn. That's what you need, like that secondary facilitation. Um, but yeah, he and Bogey are not playing particularly well. Hawks had an eighteen point, or Hawk, uh, Philly had an eighteen point lead in this game. Tobias and Seth Curry combined were fifteen for twenty five this game. And when I tell you, I thought every shot they were making was going in because they were fifteen for twenty five, and Embiid was four for twenty. And at a certain point, it was like, now keep going to Embiid. Like something's not 
you don't think he'd go over twelve. If he goes, if he goes four for twelve, you take it. So if he did go four for twelve, they win the game. Like they had yeah, opportunity. Like, like the Hawks, what was their Hawks possession with thirty seconds left, where they just like kept passing it, and then all of a sudden John Collins rifles a ball oh, off Clint Capella's head. Yeah, yeah, yeah he threw that. I tell like you, the, the Sixers had chances to take this game and like comfortably wear that sweater and not like cool out. If he was passing to Calvin Johnson, that would have been two points instead of Clint Capella. Um, but yeah, that's all. That's like okay. I mean, I'm just saying, like if you unbutton one button on the like, no, nobody would think less of you. Fuck you. I don't. <laughs> I'm, I'm Go Birds. Delco. Yeah, Go I'm from birds. Delco. I mean, cheese steak. Uh, Get some war rice. Yeah, but now, but all the they're like it's a little warm, but still Sixers and six. I was like, that's that's a fair take. But I don't know because again, Trey ain't had that crazy. Trey ain't had that crazy game, and credit to Ben Simmons. There's a reason for that, but also, if the score three points or less at the end of the game, Ben Simmons don't get to play. He get to watch the game like us. I thought it was unfortunate. You're uh, the the hundred, I think, one hundred seventy million dollar man uh, watching on the sidelines with uh, uh, Mike Scott and uh, and the, <laughs> <laughs> the crew. Uh, Mike I'm Scott just, just makes me laugh. Huh? Just the idea of Mike Scott makes me laugh. <laughs> Mike Scott's living life. Uh, yeah, that's tough because Trey is wild because Trey is the defensive liability, but if he can just. If he can just hide on Seth Curry, knowing he's not going to get that many shots, like, you know what I'm saying? He'll hit the ones he get, but he's not going to. He's not going to drive past you. He's not a liability. All he has to do is lightly contest. Yeah, just yeah, get a hand up. Don't foul. We'll get the ball back. Um, but, nah, that fastball wasn't great. But John Collins had a number of huge. I feel like he had, like, three straight huge dunks in a row, like, down the stretch and hit a three. So, I don't know. Like, the horse wasn't. Knicks was talking that talk. They got cleaned up. We'll see what happens these last three. But it going to seven wouldn't surprise me. And again, at a point where it's like a meniscus is not gonna, it's not gonna just heal. That's what like it's no healthy. And I read, which sounds right, they had uh, Sixers had two days off before Game Three. That's the one they won by like twenty. From here on out. Unless you win your series early, you are getting one day off in between games because they have a hard out in July for the Olympics. So that's why yesterday was major. If they could get that to 3-1, that's effectively over. Now one more game. That's one more run for MB. That's 36, 38 more tough minutes on them. And the margins are already pretty thin. So, and then you have... Uh, the Nets, maybe like, or the Bucks, and then I don't. Maybe the most rested Suns team of all time. <laughs> the Suns couldn't. <laughs> Suns are going to be so rusty. It's going to be actually bad. How much time? Oh, the get. Suns are losing Game One just because they're going to forget oh, what far. basketball is. <laughs> yes, uh, Chris Paul going to show up with like a uh, tan around it. Like, yeah, no, he's just been hitting the beach. But that's. I didn't think the Suns could win four series without a healthy Chris Paul and he looked great for round two and now is going to get a week off. So I don't know. I do not know, but I think like Tobias and Seth Curry are the key. Those are the one, if they get going, because B is going to do numbers. I mean, unless it's the second half of game. 
four. Unless he puts up another – his offensive rating for game four was 77. <laughs> 77 tough. points for 100 possessions. That's tough. And at a certain point, it's like I'm, I'm not even mad at him. He's your guy. If he's there, you go to him. But every single time – and again, when Seth Curry and Tobias were cooking, uh, that's Doc Rivers. That's the Doc Rivers experience. And – I don't know, Bucks, Nets, man. I really, it just feels like health. Like James Harden is playing tonight. I really hope this doesn't. I just always have like KD in the back of my mind. Like KD coming back and that being the worst. AD coming back, getting hurt. James Harden's a tank though. Like, you know, he doesn't normally miss these games, which will kind of worry me a little more, but. I don't know. I thought we were going to get to see, like, does Durant have what it takes? Like, can he still just go crazy for two games and close the series by himself? And now he's going to have Harden at least facilitating, at least doing something. So on the flip side, the Bucks are like, hey, we were cooked like four days ago. Now we – who do you think wins this series? Who's the favorite now? It got to be the Bucks, right? It has to be the Bucks with the injuries. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, if – if PJ Tucker is allowed to harass Kevin Durant in a manner he did in game three and game four, then mm-hmm. I think it's a favor of the Bucks. I, I I could see game five, Kevin Durant going to the line 18 times if the NBA just decided this is enough of harassing of this. <laughs> yeah, uh, all right. All segment. right. All right, PJ. Yeah. Uh, I'll say this though. Uh, before Harden came, I was like, before even then, it's like, I don't think you do anything differently. You still just tell, hey, PJ, you guard him like one-on-one. If he scores 50, he scores 50. We're sticking to everybody else. But PJ Tucker's been definitive. I won't say as great as I've ever seen Durant defend it. I was trying to think of like who individually has just given him more. Because tr- he's like, he's really having some trouble. Um, well, he hasn't. I was seeing all the tweets like he hasn't seen this much attention since the Obama administration. Like he's been on such good teams that like it's been a while since he's had to carry the full scoring. Yeah, league. and so it's like that's the. It was like okay, is, is Kawhi still that guy? It appears he is. Is KD still that guy? I think he is. And if Harden plays, he'll give something. I just really, I don't know that and Boogie too. I, I feel like Boogie kept trying to come back from injuries too, and it just you just fall into a trap. You keep getting more injured. Um, but boy, I if I had to, I feel like I'd have to go Bucks right now, just for health wise. But I don't know, some something feels up with Giannis. Like the free throw stuff is weird now, and I don't he's know. He's definitely got the yips. Yeah, and it's like I don't, I don't know what the cure is. Like I think it was Brian Windhorst or something said like even after timeout to like run and try to get the ball to get like just like a free practice and he's trying to speed up his routine which i know can't be helping um he's taking these these terrible threes like i don't i don't even mind the threes it's the types of threes Giannis takes that's what walking up the court yeah walking up the court 19 shot or 19 on the shot clock there's nobody within 10 feet of him and he he just goes the line everybody is just like whoo even if it goes in, you don't care. I get the idea of keeping people honest. Like, uh, this the whole shoot a three, like Ben Simmons coward right. thing. But, like, at this point, it's playoff basketball. They're not changing the scouting report 
because Giannis hits four threes. Like, right. there's no amount that's going to stop Blake Griffin from just planting himself at the foul line. Yeah, well, and also again, we <laughs> bring a full circle to Haralabob and his numbers. <laughs> it's like the shorter the series gets, the more you're like you're literally only playing the numbers. The numbers say, okay, concede this shot to Giannis, concede this shot to Joel and B guard Ben sent. Like that's all it is at this point, and. Every single time Giannis takes a three, the defense wins. Whether it goes in or not, he could, he could go five for five in the first half, and it'd be like, "Hey, keep doing what we're doing." I mean, he's gonna miss his next thirty. Like, so I, I really i I want to see how their season plays out. But if they don't win at all, I think their next move. I think they they have to move on from Brook Lopez. And it's not his fault, but I just feel like to get more Giannis, you have to move him closer to the rim, not further. Like he does a lot of like point guards. It's great. He can get six assists and all that. And that's great. But when he walks the ball up, the like he should just ne- <laughs> he should never be doing that. Um, and I think the more minutes you play him as or at like a, as a, a pure center, the closer you put him to the basket, the more pick and rolls you get him going in. And you can still have like a big guy to play some of those minutes. Uh, but Brooke Lopez, I think makes like 15 million a year. Like that's what, I don't know if I want him to play that much, but I think, I think that's Giannis's evolution because he moves closer to the basket. One, it makes the three point, the three ball not matter at all. Now, if, if you're playing and your power forward can't shoot, you're behind the curve. Even if it's Giannis spacing wise, you're behind the curve, which makes it tougher for everybody else. So, I I think their shift is just more Giannis at center. And it hurts without DiVincenzo. You have less bodies to put around him. But even if it's Portis, what I just feel like that's their that's what are the Nets have for that? Like Blake Griffin, it works because he can sit back knowing that there's another big on the court because Blake or Blake, because uh Brooke Lopez is on the court. So I don't know. I'll go. I'll go Bucks in seven. I do think we get seven. I do. Think I we- think it's it's important for the Nets to win this game five because I think if the Bucks go Strong back, <laughs> game five must win. <laughs> Some would say, <laughs> but I just think the Bucks finish it out in six if they can get it the win okay. in Brooklyn. Like they go home, they're feeling good. Like who's yeah. who's two seed here? Uh, hmm. the Nets. Oh, uh, okay. Hmm. Okay. So the Nets have the games the five and seven. Home. So I like I do think there's like yeah. some sort of bonus in playing in Milwaukee. All those crazy people outside waving those white flags. Like I like I just think that clearly Chris Middleton can shoot in Milwaukee and can't shoot in Brooklyn. Like, yeah, that's I feel like that's really a difference. It's gonna be very interesting to see how Harden looks if he's like is he a decoy? Is he just a guy to like kind of be out there? Or is he James Harden? Because that's, that's what I, Steve Nash just lied to us. He said the Kyrie Irving injury and the James Harden injury are independent of each other. They're just they're, nothing impacts the other one. James Harden would not be coming back into the series and tr- like going for it, out pure to- happenstance, <laughs> man. Pure ha- well, so what? He uh, his ankle snapped off his foot like a Lego. Uh, Harden was just ha- he just happened to be ready. Then you can't take it. I can't. <clears throat> Baby boy of the week. Baby boy of the week. It's baby boy of the week time, Jam. 
It's Devin Booker. Like I, I, you know what I'm saying. I, I try to move. I try to move it around to be consistent. Keep everybody hungry. You know what I mean. Can we? Can you show me uh, Devin Booker's playoff stats, please? I try to move it around to keep. You know what I'm saying. Keep everybody because I know they are 80s watching. See who gets it. See who lights a fire. Carl Anthony Towns. Hey Carl, he's watching this right now to see who gets it. And Devin Booker just. I don't know. He just keeps putting his foot on people's throats. He is at his first playoff run, 10 games. He is at 28 points, seven rebounds, five assists. He's shooting 49% from the field, 38% from three, 92% from the line. Like, and what, uh, you show me just his games three and four, the Nugget series. Is that the last two? Yeah. Here we go. Yeah, 28 and 34. They go up to Zip. They go to Denver. A series where, like, they're at home and they have the MVP. They still have a chance. And they did not fuck around. And what no, like, what no extra games. What no like lost a close one now they oh now the Sixers got to play at least one more game they handle business and for someone who has gotten the quite like was he empty numbers was he empty numbers I love that he gets to show this like this is just his this has just been the evolution of his game uh, plus he found the guy the Suns and four legend the guy who absolutely beat the shit out of those two dudes yeah. Jamal Merger he found him on uh on Instagram Facebook he's probably giving uh. Tickets to that guy. Devin Booker's having a hell of a week. Yeah, he should let that. He should let that guy ride the uh, the game and whatever sick car he's got. <laughs> Has he shown up in any more uh, outrageous vehicles? I know uh, he well, they hit some three or four with Denver, so he's like he didn't even get a chance to. But I'm I'm eager to see what he like. You know, he's got something for the conference finals, especially if they if it ends up being Clippers and the Suns get Game One. I think he's got something uh something special, but. It's the book, man. It's the book. I like to see, of course, like this evolution from like anybody. This is I feel like this is ideally what you want. A guy gets drafted somewhere a little low. They got a steal. Develops to an all-star player. They're able to put other good players around him. They're ready to like get a good coach that brings it all together. They're ready to like accumulate some assets, take a swing for another star. And it comes together. So salute to, I mean, Evan Booker, he's the baby boy of the week. The war will stay at his house, but Monty Williams gets some of this and GM James Jones and, but Devin Booker gets most of it. Cause he's the baby boy of the week. Um, I just want to say to the person who tweeted at us that uh, nominating Raphael Devers to be baby boy of the week, that I don't think he's in the running. No, I don't think um, I, to me that's that it's not my understanding of how the award works, but uh, yeah, no, there's a very specific criteria which unfortunately Raphael does not qualify for. We are sorry for any misunderstandings. Um, ooh, I got I got a hankering to play a game of skill. Ooh, Jam, do you know any games of skill? I believe Underdog Fantasy what? Uh, is a game of skill. They'll actually give you $25 to play that game of skill if you use promo code TRILL. What? Promo code what? TRILL. 
T-R-I-L-L. Huh. Have you ever done, uh, like, redone a graphic that's from the Thrill House graphic to Trill House? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't, but you... Someone you on the internet... You an idea. <laughs> Make that... Please Photoshop Trill House. <laughs> yeah, if you're listening to this right now, need some Trill House. Uh... Man, look. It's only was, one game tonight, so it's gonna be it's interesting. It is tough. I'm I've, I've grown accustomed to two, but those, those damn sons. Uh, my last one, two, three, four. My last five picks, I've been one off. And just last night, almost had a a, a four Peter, but Terrence, man, I've always figured out that the only way to leverage my bad luck and me not wanting the jazz to win is I will take, if there's a Donovan Mitchell over for the rest of the way, I will take it. We, we learned, he learned that the hard way last week where uh, the day it came out, he dropped what 45, but that was the day I accidentally picked him. He cooked. So I was like, Oh, okay. Let's see if I can uh, harness these, these powers. Um, Looking at some rivals actions here. We got boy, yeah, this is tough because it's just one game. Uh <laughs> Drew Holiday versus PJ Tucker. Points, rebounds, assists. PJ Tucker is getting 20. 20 and a half, really. He's coming on. He just scored 13. I don't think he scored 13 as a buck last game. So Drew Holiday got a little bit more assists last game, maybe decided to facilitate more. 20 is a big number, though. Ugh. I'm going to go Holiday. Just because Tuck, like, the rebound's kind of surprising. Like, seven, but he had one and three before that. Like, if he got rebounds as a steady he doesn't get anything steady well and you just described like he's playing out there with Giannis and brooke lopez like where right those guys are getting the rebounds right so yeah let's go holiday there um here we go Giannis points rebounds assists for kevin durant but kevin durant is getting three Kevin Durant's sole option on offense. Well, he's got James Harden now. Oh, but I hope that drives up his points. But I, Durant is getting three. Like he's Kevin Durant. He'll tell you that. As will Pat Bev. <laughs> I'm taking Kevin Durant. Rebound, man. Oh man, you remember. <laughs> Even when the buyout market was broken because of Andre Drummond and Blake Griffin sucked, and now he's locking up Giannis, the world is wild. Um, I don't anything for that. I just uh, look. Mike James <laughs> don't even have a picture yet. You think I'm gonna pick a guy? Who have a, you think I'm gonna pick a guy who don't even have a picture? It's a well, uh assist. It's Mike James versus Bruce Brown. Bruce Brown's getting one. Picking Bruce, Bruce Brown, Brown to make some passes, though. Bruce Brown's king of the floater. He, but the thing is, the way he gets the floater is like that's the decision, right? Like it's like I feel like it's 
somebody gets trapped, passes to him. He's in the center of the lane. His options are take the floater or make the pass. They concede the pass or they concede the floater. So he takes the floater till tonight. Till tonight when they step up and he makes the easy pass to Blake Griffin. (laughs) Tomahawk dunking every time. The 11 assist Bruce. Nah, but I. I was ready to pick Mike James because I thought about that as soon as they said Harden was out. But now that I think Harden is going to be very much in, I feel yeah, like we got to get this in before the risk team just switches up. Everything. Yeah, so let's yeah let's go ahead and lock that one in. All right, normally I pick exactly opposite against you. I don't know if I'm going to curse you right now, but I'm picking with you right. Uh, oh, gonna, it's going to be a jam curse. Yo, good. I can put this stink on someone else. Um, over under, over under, over under. You can pretty much pick for any player in the game. They got <laughs> like you, except Harden, which is kind of good because I wouldn't touch him. I haven't. You just don't know what to expect. You got um, some strong Bryn Forbes takes. Eight points over under. <laughs> oh God. He's coming off 10 points and then zero before that. I don't need that kind of variance, Bryn. Well, game three was ridiculous because that was just like slugfest. It could, but also it could go that way again. Like that seems to be the Bucks strategy. It's just like, let's beat the shit out of them and see what happens. It's a great strategy. <laughs> um, Joe, Joe has been ice cold. This Diamond season. Joe Harris. <laughs> Killer Joe Harris. So I don't... Uh, I'm going over. Like, I feel like he's legit one of those, like, so good of a shooter. It's literally only so long. Like, if it ain't this game, it's going to be next game. And I'm taking, like, I will be there when the Joe Harris bounce back comes. So I'm going over there. Brooke Lopez, six and a half. Ah, He's 11, 11, and six the past two games. I'll take over there. And Middleton looking like. Talk about some variants. Actually, no, I'm looking at Yon. Yon's 51 and a half points, rebounds, assist. That's a big number. That's a big number. Like he He's has 33. good for 35 points. I don't know if he can get the other 15 with points or rebounds, assists. That's where I like points and rebounds. I feel like he's good for like 40 there minimum, but he still got to get another 12. I'm going to go, let's go under on Giannis, which feels like famous last words. But I, Oh, I want a little Durant action too, Jam. I can't help myself. Kevin Durant. I mean, he's been getting the shots. Like he's been like nine for like 26 and 28 or whatever. I'm going to take over on Durant points. That is a 10-time multiplier, baby. I was so close last night. I'm going to hit one of these 10-time multipliers. We'll never see you again. I'll be Not hosting the show alone, talking to myself. If I put, look, like if Jim I put 75 cents a bit, a 10-time multiplier, that's $750 million. Yeah. Of course. I, what do you think? I'm coming back? No. But will you uh, go out like our friend um, Melinda? No, is it not Melinda? McKenzie. Yes. What a what a uh, what a what a gem of a human being! <laughs> just gave out a smooth what was it two point seven billion dollars? Yes, she's giving out giving out eight billion dollars since getting divorced. Eight billion dollars. 
Uh, you know that burns him up too. Uh, That's why he's going to space to get away from her. <laughs> so I can't take it no more. Uh, get me out of this atmosphere. Uh, good for. I mean, I. It's one of those like I. I've seen the. Like she in a position where she can't win. It's like she's gonna give this money, and it's like listen through the Amazon stock, and all. She's still gonna end up with like more money at the end of this year than she had before, and it's like. I get it, but it, she trying. You know what I'm saying? She gave away how much was it? Two billion. She's given away eight point eight billion total, but most recently it was two point seven billion dollars to like eighty five different organizations. Can you like submit <laughs> to the to the fund? Yeah. Like, what if I was like McKenzie? Sweetheart, my underdog account's running a little low. It's running a little low. You need to start a nonprofit, is what uh, you mm. need to start. Listen, my picks are nonprofit. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is this is how I get in with McKenzie. There's never been anything more nonprofit in the world than my picks. So my picks are completely completely on the level. I don't play any of that funny business. Uh, she just throws me. A billion dollars to throw to put in my underdog account just to have some dread. Like I try, I entered the Jack's contest because I wanted a little headband. How do I get that? I want to I want a, a custom thing. You know what I mean? Like Jack got a headband. I want mine to be like, I don't know. What should it be? A dog? <laughs> no. Um, I don't she like gave- a dog. She gave away $2.7 billion to 20, 286 high-impact organizations in their three categories, higher education, uh, organizations that fight discrimination, and th- the third one is, I think, where you make it, arts or cultural institution. I think cultural institution is where you're going for. Arts and cultural... Okay, here's the thing. Jam, you're fired. We need to find an inner city producer, uh, a child from the inner city. Now, um, inner city seems like coded language there. It uh. definitely <laughs> is. It could not be any more. I, an urban youth. Um, arts and culture, though. Okay. Okay. Next show, I would. This will just be a giant easel, and I will paint as we talk. It will be the worst painting <laughs> you've ever seen. Um. But I will call it McKenzie, and it will trend. Then she can buy that painting, and then you can bring in me, an official art speculator, and I'll say that painting is worth billions of dollars. Will she just give a two point eight seven? Okay, so we—I mean, we're not going to hit her for more, no more than one point four billion. We're not greedy. No, um, we're just looking to be like the other two hundred eighty-four organizations. Yeah. So, now nah, we'll we'll uh, put a pin in that. We'll have to get. We'll get uh, somebody to file an LLC for us. Um, but no, I want an icon on the, like, you got to put like a, a a beard on the dog or some earrings or something. I want to, I want to, uh, I don't have that, that Jack Settlement juice though. Um, one day. But until then, go sign up, get your 25. Your 25 will get you 100 if you don't like it. You're going to like it. 
fade these picks. Again, I'm only wrong over 50% of the time, not to brag. Um, just something to consider. So signing off for the Not Here to Argue LLC nonprofit organization. Oh, no, we got to be a 5013C. LLC means we're in business. 5013C. A 5074B, like Jam said, because we're definitely a real thing. Please. And next week, I will be black. <laughs> and <laughs> next week, <laughs> next week, Jam will be a gay black Jewish youth on an art scholarship. Um, we'll see you then. <laughs> <laughs>